Welcome to Wisdom Today. My name is Bill Kelly, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we will be exploring the book of Proverbs. Open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you give everyone ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them today. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Proverb 2, beginning in verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you, to deliver you from the way of evil from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the dead. None who go to her return, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you may walk in the way of goodness and keep to the paths of righteousness. For the upright will Dwell in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the earth, and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. Friends, Proverb 2 is as powerful as any proverb there is in the entire book of 31 chapters of Proverbs. It talks about the value of of having wisdom. And this is the value of my podcast to those who listen on a regular basis. The importance of wisdom cannot be overstated. I'm going to go to verse 7 today, and Proverbs 2, verse 7 says this, He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. And friends, 
for those of you who have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have a foundation with God. And now that Jesus has come and he has died for us, Jesus now is the foundation in which we stand on. Job also had a relationship with God. He understood the importance of who God was. But Job was at a disadvantage compared to us living in the world today. Jesus had not yet come. Job was not filled with the Spirit. So he had a knowledge of God. He tried to live his life with integrity to please God in what he did. And yet, we are at a much better position today because of what Jesus did on the cross. What I'm going to do today is we are going to look at chapter 8 of Job. Chapter 8 is entitled, Bildad, Job Should Repent. So let's read chapter 8, and I'll go over three points. Then Bildad the Shuhite answered and said, How long will you speak these things, and the words of your mouth be like a strong wind? Does God subvert judgment, or does the Almighty pervert justice? If your sons have sinned against him, he has cast them away for their transgression. If you would earnestly seek God and make your supplication to the Almighty, if you were pure and upright, surely now he would awake for you and prosper your rightful dwelling place. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. For inquire, please, of the former age, and consider the things discovered by their fathers. For we were born yesterday and know nothing, because our days on earth are a shadow. Will they not teach you and tell you and utter words from their heart? Can the papyrus grow up without a marsh? Can the reeds flourish without water? While it is yet green and not cut down, it withers before any other plant. So are the paths of all who forget God, and the hope of the hypocrite shall perish, whose confidence shall be cut off, and whose trust is a spider's web. He leans on his house but it does not stand. He holds it fast, but it does not endure. He grows green in the sun, and his branches spread out in his garden. His roots wrap around the rock heap and look for a place in the stones. If he is destroyed from his place, then it will deny him, saying, I have not seen you. Behold, this is the joy of his way, and out of the earth others will grow. Behold, God will not cast away the blameless, nor will he uphold the evildoers. 
He will yet fill your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing. Those who hate you will be clothed with shame, and the dwelling place of the wicked will come to nothing. Frankly, I think Bildad has a lot going on here. A lot of this advice he's trying to give to Job, I believe in. I think it was pretty good. But what we can learn from Bildad's discourse is this. Number one, Job should repent. And this is exactly what Eliphaz said earlier to him. So basically, both of these people are suggesting the same thing. Now, friends, I'm reading out of the Nelson Study Bible, and I'm going to go over the commentary for both verses 2 and 3. It says, Bildad twists Job's words of chapter 6, verse 26. Job had acknowledged that he had overreacted with words that belonged to the wind. To paraphrase Bildad's sarcastic response, Yes, you're right, Job. All your words are like a mighty wind. You are full of hot air. And verse 3 says, Bildad argues that God could never pervert justice. The only possible conclusion was that Job and his children received what they deserved as sinners. And friends, this was the natural inclination for people who lived at that time. A lot of people today still have that same thing. If something bad happens to someone, it's that they deserve it based on the life they live, things they've done, things they've said, that only bad things happen to people who deserve it. Let's look at number two. Number two, Job got what he deserved. Now, let me listen to the commentary for verses 11 through 19. But what I'd like to do is reread those verses, verses 11 through 19, and then I'll read the commentary. Can the papyrus grow up without a marsh? Can the reeds flourish without water? While it is yet green and not cut down, it withers before any other plant. So are the paths of all who forget God, and the hope of the hypocrite shall perish whose confidence shall be cut off, and whose trust is a spider's web. He leans on his house, but it does not stand. He holds it fast, but it does not endure. He grows green in the sun, and his branches spread out in his garden. His roots wrap around the rock heap, and look for a place in the stones." If he is destroyed from his place, then it will deny him, saying, I have not seen you. Behold, this is the joy of his way, and out of the earth others will grow. Now listen to the commentary. Bildad uses illustrations from nature to support his belief that God 
punishes only the wicked and always rewards the righteous in this life. He falsely deduces that one can always determine the cause by looking at the effect. Oversimplication resulting in pat, inadequate answers is a common error of Job's counselors. Now, point three I'd like to bring up is Job should seek God. This is Bildad's suggestion. Now, let's read verses 20 and 21. Behold, God will not cast away the blameless, nor will he uphold the evildoers. He will yet fill your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing. And the commentary says, Bildad's dogmatic statement about how God will not cast away the blameless is undermined by the fact that he uses the word blameless in the same way the Lord used it in the prologue. So chapter 1, verse 1, and verse 8, and chapter 2, verse 3, to describe Job. And friends, I'm going to remind you that when the book of Job was written, it was over a thousand years before Jesus Christ came. Jesus had not yet come to deliver all the people on earth from their sins. He hadn't come yet. Jesus had not yet been entered in and received by the people of this time. So they did not have the spirit of the living God living inside of them. They simply didn't know better. And their thought was people get what they deserve. But now that Jesus has come, now that the Gospels have been written, we can go to the book of John, the Gospel, chapter 10, verse 10. And it's such a powerful verse. Many of you are familiar with this. It says, The thief comes but to kill, to steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So friends, what we know now is Satan is real. And Satan will come after us. Anything that happens in your life that is not good is not of God. If it is not good, then it usually is evil. And you can put it back on Satan. Things happen in life to good people. A lot of times it is not because of anything they have done. It's simply due to the fact that we live in a fallen world and evil is all around us. Let's go back before we close to our proverb of the day, Proverb 2, verse 7, and listen to the wisdom in this verse. It says, He, meaning God, stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. Friends, 
My call to action today is, is God your shield? Do you look at him as the strong tower that it tells us in Proverbs that he is? He is there. He's like a mighty fortress is our God. If we have a need, he is there to help us in our time of distress. The call to action is very simple. Please reread today's proverb, Proverb 2 in its entirety. A wonderful, wonderful proverb. 22 verses of rich, powerful stuff. Please read these verses carefully. Nurture them. Meditate on them. And I believe and declare your life will begin to have more richness and more power in it. After reading chapter 2 of Proverbs, please reread our chapter today, chapter 8 of the book of Job. I believe it will bless you. Friends, I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there's anyone listening today, if you've never taken that step, please repeat this simple prayer after me today. Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I ask that you come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, it's as simple as that. Jesus paid the price on the cross for all of our sins. And by doing that, he has put us back in right standing with God. We can now go to God comfortably with assurance. It tells us that in the book of Hebrews. Come to God. Make your needs known to him and he will hear your prayer. Friends, please join me again tomorrow as we close out the week with wisdom today.